Thanks, Greg. Huh. I even get a clap. Thank you. Uh, two seconds while I sort myself out. Uh, who's enjoying this morning? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, just getting just getting used to the pulpit. <laughs> Different pulpit. It's great. I'm just gonna put this here and grab it as I need it. Um, uh, so yeah, I probably just asked a question I can't remember, but who enjoyed the worship? Well, uh, that was pretty boss. Um, coming in the song choices and that, like that last song. Like sometimes you just got to have fun. I don't know about you. I've still got the grin. Uh, <laughs> that last song was just fun. Uh, I mean, did anybody else find that fun? Like just, just so good. So um, want to say thank you for having me, uh, having to speak. Uh, so <laughs> I see Rochelle up the back, and I don't know if I freaked her out at the beginning. She walks in and is like, what's the title of your message? And in my head, I'm sitting there going, think, think, think. <laughs> what's the title of my message? It's like, um, and then she's like, do you have scriptures for the... Um, for the words, and I'm like, yes, no, yes. <laughs> I do have scriptures, I do, but I, um, the way that we kind of go is just be like easier if you guys just have your Bible and we go through it. So I think I made her nervous, so we're underway, it's a, we'll be all good, but um, it's such a privilege. We I do catch up with uh, Greg, He um, I tried, he goes to Ruby's Cafe, and he loves porridge, and so the last couple of times, I'm like, no, I'll stick with my bacon and eggs. This last morning, I tried the porridge. And like the next day, I'm working in the city. I was so tempted to drive, drive to Ruby's just to have the porridge. It was pretty good. Um, but every time I catch up with Greg, and I say this sincerely, and when I walk into this place, I mean, for us to walk in this morning, um, uh, it just, uh, I don't know, just coming into the presence here is just so beautiful. Um, and as a church, what you're going after, and as every time I catch up with Greg, uh, and then being in this place, my heart is so grateful when I think of the greater Wellington region, if you take that bird's eye view, you think, and just go, hey, there's a church, there's a heart in the city that's going after the presence of God, the way that you guys do, the, the, that sound, that passion, the, the way that you just want it to be so authentic, uh, to be so real, and what God's saying, and uh, my heart just gets gratitude, and I, I'm sincere when I say that every time I catch up with Greg and hear what's going on, and here, yeah, it's just thank you, thank you, Lord. And yeah, we've we've been on a pretty cool journey, um, finding finding our feet, listening to the call of God, and we are excited about Potidoa and being able to plant in there. We're really excited. Let's be honest. Like I feel like um, if you, I'm not a guy, so it hasn't happened. But like if you were pregnant, you're like you're at a point where you're like, get this baby out of me. Let's get going. Like um, we, I want one of my thing, I really passionate and. Something that I've been asking God to do is bring a, a breakthrough. I'm passionate about the fire of God, where um, where Jesus says, "I've come to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire." Uh, as a young man at, at 16, 17, um, I was brought up in a Christian home. We read the Bible every day and prayed together after dinner. So I grew up with the knowledge of God. My heart's always had a love for God. But um, when I was 16 or 17, uh, just over playing, playing around, I was uh, at a house party in uh, Newlands, um, I had drunk a little bit too much, and I was lying on the floor, and, um, and I 
had an opportunity with a girl and I said no and she walked away and my flesh is going, why did you say no? I'm just being real with you guys. Is that all right if I'm a little bit real here? Like, does anybody else like real, like had real life? Like, so my body's going, what are you doing, you idiot? And then I sat there and go, why, why, why didn't I give myself uh, to that girl in that moment when my body wanted to, and it's because I just was lying there, and I was sobered up, uh, lying on my mate's floor, guitar still playing uh, in the lounge, and I was just like, because Jesus, I love you, and I believe in you, and that, that, was, this was, that was my altar call, That's a, that was my moment, and it was like, well, then if I believe in you, why aren't I giving you absolutely everything that I got? Why aren't I living for you with all my passion and all my zeal? Why, why, why? And so in that moment, I made a decision. And from there on out, relationships changed. I, I wasn't perfect, but over the coming months, just dropping different habits, things, and going, God, I pursue you. But then what, what uh, to be real with you again, is what happened is probably out of my zeal, I'd step out to do, do see great things of God happen. And, and initially we did, we, we saw stuff happen in our community. I stepped out and ran a, an outreach in the, the, my old school. And I was like amazed because I had, I had vision that God had said over a hundred and something people would be saved. And I went to print out flyers at the local church uh, that I was a part of. And they're like, no, nah, don't only print 50 because like, we don't want to waste paper. But my heart said something else. And I remember first time preaching and I like it was crack up because I'm standing up on stage and I'm freaking out at the response of the people. Like there was 124 people that committed their hearts to God that night. Um, got, uh, that, and just different things began to happen. But what actually happened after that, again, being honest, is it's like a blanket began to come over my fire. Um, like uh, in the context of even being around church uh, Christians and stuff and that zeal of, hey, God, I really want to go for it. Um, uh, I want to live for you so passionately. But it was, suddenly you start being known as the passionate one. You walk into everyone's like, hey, the passionate one. And I, I was dealing with insecurity and growing through that. So slowly you start being dulled. It's like your sharp edge is being rounded off. And it's not until recent that, um, one of our, if, our hashtags at the moment is who gives a rip? Like, honestly, who gives a rip? It's kind of like, but we've been going through a process where I look back over the last few years and I say, God, I've had a ceiling over my faith. I feel like I've been a cocoon with my fire. I don't feel like I'm being who I truly am as like a son of God so passionate for you. I feel like, Jesus, I've been, I'm allowing the influences of the world and the thoughts and the, uh, the thoughts of others. I love how Paul says, don't live to impress anyone, but I feel like I've been dulled down. But what it's caused me to do is, who, who loves the Word of God, where it says, ask and you'll receive, seek, find, knock, and the door will be open. That God is such a good Father. If you ask for bread, He's not going to give you a snake. And goes on, He gives good gifts to those he loves, and how much he'll give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So I've been in a season where I'm saying, God, I recognize this is where I'm at, but I'm asking for fire again. I'm asking God for a fresh outpouring, because you say you'll pour out your Holy Spirit and fire. I'm asking that you awaken me, not only me, but what you're called to. I'm asking that the church that you've called us to plant would be in an environment of fire. God, I'm asking that our community and our region would be impacted by fire. My wife, uh, she's traveling back from 
from Auckland this afternoon. Um, uh, she put up a post. We, 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 we like this uh, preacher. His name's Art Bossoff uh, from South Africa, and he says it straight. And he's like, your skinny jeans or your cool hairstyle is not going to save a generation. It's going to be the fire of God. And But who knows, you've got to kind of carry a fire and you've got to have a zeal for Jesus and a passion for Jesus burning so much brighter. And I know this house understands that, so you overflow. But it's saying, God, in our power, our might, we're not going to see anything shift in our community. But Lord, by your spirit and by your fire, we're just here to be stewards. We want to be brokers of heaven. We want to call out for it. We want to be bold and be honest where we are and begin to be a generation and people that would begin to open up our mouth and cry and say, God, we need a greater fire for you. We need a greater passion. My family needs an outpouring. I'm not going to settle right now with how I'm not satisfied with yesterday or the day before. I can see your faithfulness, but I'm going from glory to glory, strength to strength. I've got faith to believe that Ephesians 3.20, you're able to do infinitely more and above all that I could ask or think according to your power at work. I felt like I haven't seen it, but I'm going to step out in it. I'm going to ask for it. I'm going to press for it. I'm going to go for it. I'm not going to be pushed back because we're not those who shrink back, but we're those who believe and are saved. Come on. We're, we're people that are going to go, I, I want more. Today's a great day, but I'm going to press. I'm going to step out. I love Paul that encourages us. So he says, press on to win the race. You know, press on. Jesus is calling us forward to press on means not giving up. It's like, man, I'm grateful for the grace. I'm grateful for the rest of God because I've got to do it in the rest of God. Grace, undeserved kindness. It's what equips me. I mean, um, I was walking over that. Who knows, like, um, Fidirea Park over to Tahi Bay. Yeah, okay. Um, check it out if you like walking. It's pretty cool. Walking the dog over there, feeling the call to, to steward church. And I'm honest. I'm like, if, like, if I had to you, I didn't know Greg and her, your church these days, but they would have been my examples. I would have been like, hey, God, I'm not like Greg. I don't know as much. Um, I, 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 I'm not so much of a theologian. But like, but being honest, I was saying, hey, God, I, I haven't like, uh, I've, I've spent a life working on the builder, apprenticeship. I, every time I've felt, Lord, should I go to Bible college? I felt you say, nah, stick at it. And I can see God. He's, he's grounded me. He's put steel in my backbone of faith. He's, he's given me strength to stand when we're in a, in a world where everybody else is standing against, all that kind of stuff. But I'm saying, God, I don't feel qualified if I looked at myself in their eyes of, or my perceived perspective what other people might think. And as I was walking over the hills, I just felt God speaking to my heart. He says, my grace qualifies you, Brendan. It's my undeserved kindness of my grace. If you'll position yourself before me to listen, and if you'll be obedient, my grace will qualify you. You'll see my spirit move. You'll see my power move. So you want to see more? Again, we've heard this morning, it's not about your works, but it's about, hey, God, undeserved kindness positions me on going for the more. I want to see you move. Who wants to see Jesus move? Come on, who wants to see Jesus, the Holy Spirit move in your life, in your family? Uh, at, towards the end of our worship, I, my heart was stirring in this place that, God, that your, the wind of your presence would pl- blow through this place in a greater measure than this church community has known yet. That, Lord, the way that you blow, when we're praying in pre-meeting, it was like, um, could see like a river. I'm saying, God, let the current of your presence, let the current of it be so much stronger than we've ever known. And the way that it flows out of this place into the world, 
world around. Let it be so strong, not for a brief moment, but only build and build and build. Can anyone agree with me for that? Who's a bit hungry, hungry for Jesus? Man, I love him. He says, hey, thirsty, come and drink. Hungry, come and eat. He's so good. So an honor to be with you guys today. Where am I at? Jeepers, I haven't really started. Um, um, fire. Um, so uh, we, we <laughs> got to have some fun. Pretty honored to be here. Hebrews 10 verse 34. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. Father, we just say thank you so much for what you've been doing this morning. Thank you so much for your word. Would it just pierce our hearts? We ask in Jesus' name. Hebrews 10, 34. I was reading this uh, early in the week and it jumped out to me. Um, I'm probably picking up from mid-verse 34. It says, and when all you owned was taken from you, You accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Read read again. um, This is from the NLT. When all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Uh, How many people could honestly say when all that they owned if it was taken from you, you would accept it with joy. I love this passage because the writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people that maybe if, might, or maybe this would happen. He's writing to a group of people that when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You know, all those belongings, like everything in the flesh that we can work hard to get, like that boat. Uh, I used to really want to get another boat. That desire's kind of going down a little bit at the moment. Wouldn't have time for it. But love that motorbike. Like, um, well, that, that, that lifestyle, maybe you've worked so hard to have a certain lifestyle and, and qualification where, hey, I've got the lifestyle I want. I've got the hours that I want. I mean, that's my wife, like, going into GP world. She's like, hey, I chose it so I didn't have to do the long shifts at hospital, but so that I could just work maybe four days a week or so. The husband like, hey, yeah, you could do five. <laughs> no, <Nah>, I love <laughs> But like what 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 you've been working for, like all that that you owned, like um, the the belongings that are set before you. We we know that we're called to be a people that will live by faith and and not by sight. But could we really say that if all that owned, all that you had toiled for, sweated for, worked for, was taken from you, could you accept it with joy? I love it because these people knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Um, Hey, Rochelle, title, uh, it's a matter of perspective. <laughs> Woo! Uh, we got a title. Tick in the box. Um, but, but I love it because I read it and I see people that are living their life, even though they're living in this world, we're called to be not of this world, but belonging to Jesus. We're on a journey. We're discovering more about Jesus. But if everything that you owned could be taken from you, and it was, could you still have joy or would your faith be shaken? If, if, actually, I'm going to get there. Would it be shaken? I want us to have a look at uh, the story of Job, chapter 1 and 2. Job, chapter 1 and 2. This is 
this is a pretty incredible example uh, of this happening for us as you find it. Uh, Job chapter 1 verse 1, uh, just as an introduction, and I'll kind of skip through some verses, says, There once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz, or Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. Seven sons, three daughters, real rich, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had many servants. In fact, he was the richest person in that entire area. His kids would sometimes have festivals or feasts together. And after they'd had a feast, he would go before God and make offerings just in case any of them sinned in that time. He, he was blameless in God's sight. He was such a beautiful man. Um, and then you take uh, the, the Bible from verse 6, takes another picture, the perspective of heaven. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser Satan came with them. Where have you come from, the Lord asked Satan? Uh, can you picture this? The courts of heaven say in an answer the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. I want you to lean in here on Satan's response. Verse 9, Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosperous in everything he does. Look how rich he is, but reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. Take away everything he has. Take away everything that you've owned or you've worked for or you've strived for, all that you've been building up. Everything since you were born, trying to work to achieve those childhood dreams. I wanted to achieve this career. I wanted to get to there. I'm not, not saying that's wrong. I love living with a passion and a vision, but it's like going, if we got a greater vision? It's like, it interests me that Satan's perspective is, is that, but reach out and Take away everything he has, and he will surely, surely curse you to your face. Uh, I, Satan believes that if you come in and you rob somebody's possessions, somebody's wealth, somebody's prosperity, somebody what, what they've got, they will be shaken. Their faith will be shaken. It's a matter of perspective when all was taken from you or, or can you see through your belongings to the prize? Can you see over your belongings and to the prize? Um, another example of this would be Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It talks about Jesus, but it says, because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross or the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. The cross wasn't a pleasant place for Jesus. Don't, don't think it was dandelions smelling roses for Jesus. Uh, it's not meaning joy like going through the cross was pleasant. We see in the garden of Gethsemane where Isaiah 50 verse 7 refers to this moment where it says Jesus set his face like a stone. To, he was determined to do the will of God. The, in the garden of Gethsemane, uh, the Bible says his sweat was like great drops of blood. He was an anguish of sorrow. Soul, so much so he was near the point of death and an angel had to come and strengthen him. 
Jesus, Isaiah 52 and 53 says, was so disfigured, he was barely recognizable as a man. And yet as a sheep is silent before going to the sharers, so was Jesus. He didn't open his mouth. He had the armies and the legions of heaven that would call, come at his call, his, his beck and calling, he had all power and authority, yet he remained silent. As people spat in his face and spat over him, as they punched him and blindfolded him and said, hey, prophesy to me now, son of man. Who, who, who hit you then? He, he, he was wounded so that we could have life. He was, he was wounded. So, so Jesus, he went through it. He had to carry his own cross up a hill with a, a back that had been so beaten and shred that, that, um, that he was whipped within a lash, they believe, of a life. That's how the, Roman, uh, the Romans measured it. They, they got it down to an art. It wasn't pleasant, but what of this joy awaiting him? Well, why, why could Jesus, for the joy set before him? Could it be like the writer Paul says in Romans that he says, by one man disobedient, Adam's sin came into the world, but by one man's obedience, Christ, many will be made righteous. Could it be that Jesus had a vision of you and I? and thousands and thousands that all who call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. Could, did he have a vision that he was seeing through, a vision of eternity? He wasn't seeing what was just before him. He was seeing through what he had to go through. See, Jesus knew and understood his purpose. Do we know and understand our purpose? Is faith so real to us this morning? Is faith so real? What I love about the perspective uh, uh, in the Hebrews that when everything was taken from them, what I love about the perspective is they still had joy. They, they weren't just seeing the belongings and the Facebook likes and the, the, the carnal and what has to build me up. They were seeing through it. They had a real faith. They had a vision of God who loves them and a, a God who's not far away but who's near. They had a vision of God who, who, who keeps them and they've got eternal value. Uh, I've been reading through the book of Hebrews, and Hebrews 11 talks about the great men and women of faith. And there's a point where they talk about uh, the the people that were even killed for uh, Jesus' sake. They were beheaded. They were tortured. They had vision. Their faith, even though they lived in this world, Jesus was so real to them. Jesus saw through the cross and for the joy, the reality that heaven would be populated, eternity would be populated because of his one sacrifice. For the joy, that caused Jesus' joy to endure the suffering. That caused, put not a joy in the suffering, but a purpose and a joy, a sense of accomplishment. Uh, uh, the Hebrews two twelve verse 2 says that, so that now he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Could it be that he saw, as I endure, as I go through this, see, that, that, that's a moment. Our lives here are but temporary, but we're living for eternal value. Could he see that, hey, for eternity, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of the Father, and I'm never going to have to depart from his side again. For the joy set before him. It interests me again, going back to the story of Job, that Satan's perspectives as he could take, he could shake us. Hebrews 12 talks about how heaven and earth will be shaken and removed. All things that can be shaken will be shaken, but we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. 
So it says, so let us worship God with a holy fear and awe. Our God is a consuming fire. Let us worship God with holy fear and awe. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Everything that's in our grass can be shaken and will be shaken. Um, um, <clears throat> Clarence know, knows this story. I've, I've been caused to share, share this once or twice lately. But um, uh, when Pheeps and I were getting married uh, in our engagement, um, uh, leading up to it, we were engaged for close on six months. Uh, during that time, she was pretty much in and out of hospital uh, the whole time. Uh, she, she was pretty sick. Uh, there was a point when we took her in, the doctors didn't understand how not alone she was conscious, but she was still alive. Uh, as a result of that, they, they had to do some surgery on my wife. And uh, I remember in the moment uh, when she's waking up and uh, the doctor, absolutely lovely lady who'd done the surgery, uh, woke up and had to give us the news as a result of the surgery. And uh, you know, she, uh, the surgeon was crying because it broke her heart and it broke my wife's heart. She was crying at me as well. But I, I remember people go, uh, I look back at my memories of that and I remember the goodness of God in that wardroom. Uh, that you would not believe the sense of knowing, hey, God, you're eternal. You're in this place where, where our lives are being shaken right now, but you're unshakable. I mean, you are so unshakable. When, when, um, so then we get married, and uh, she's having to recover from the surgery. Three and a bit months later, uh, I break my back, and uh, like, yeah, well done. Um, the not not expecting it, didn't plan it. Uh, um, at, at, at that stage in life, things were being shaken because I'd seen God do things like in the community, and I was burning with a passion, but. Uh, wanting to do it in the church context, and with, uh, uh, and I'd just been kind of hitting ceilings. So I was getting quite discouraged. Then I broke my back, and we're at a point where we've got no income. I've spent uh, with, on ACC, but we've got rent and stuff like that. Um, I'd sp- had to spend the days. I was in a hash brace for uh, six months. And um, I, I remember looking one day, just lying on the floor, being honest with God, saying, I'm sick and tired of drink- dreaming. I really am over it because I got passion, but I'm hitting walls and I'm not seeing dreams fulfilled. It's messing me up. And um, but you got to realize things were being shaken that could be shaken. But I look back and there were weeks where we had one can of food and we're like, we're not going to tell anyone. We've been faithful in our time. We continue to be faithful. We believe God is faithful. God's going to sort us out this week. You, you should have heard testimony after testimony uh, during like that week. Like, hey, uh, uh, a friend of dad's who we never had dinner with, we're catching, I wanted to catch up with him for some financial advice. This is kind of what happens when you're visionary, you're earning no money, but I'm like, one day we're going to have money and I want to change. So I'm like, let's catch up. He's like, hey, do you want to meet for dinner? I'm like, yeah, we'll meet for dinner. <laughs> Invite us over, buddy. It's like, mom, like, didn't know what was going on. She, she, she hates hearing the story, but she'd like to have known. But we're like, 
God's so good. He's provider. Like we got meat life. You wouldn't believe how, how we, what we managed to do with that meat life during the week. But my memories of God is the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and the faithfulness of God. My, my memories in those moments, to be honest, I'm not scarred by them. When I look back to that ward room, I just remember the goodness of God. You know, I actually had to walk someone so dear and close to me to the elevator, like get out of here because they were looking at through a lens of flesh. They were looking and they're, they're just like the, the word that came out of their mouth would just blew me away. I'm like, you're called to be a people of faith, uh, a mighty woman of God that a lot of people looked at the word. I was like, oh my gosh, what is your perspective? And I said, God's presence to us right now is so good. We're, we're receiving a kingdom that's eternal, that's unshakable, but everything that can be shaken will be shaken. I love the perspective of the people in Hebrews because even though they lost everything, they still had joy because they were looking forward to a reward with God. Come on, He is our great reward. I'm going to finish uh, reading the Job uh, chapters. That all right? He, he's he's a phenomenal example. Uh, so picking up from verse 12, uh, God says to Satan, "All right, you may test him." The Lord said to Satan, do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. Picture this, you've been prosperous all your days. You've been just running in that favor and blessing. One day when Job's son and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with this news. Your oxen were plowing with the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sarabian raided us, they stole all the animals, killed all the farmhands. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels, killed your servants. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with this news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their oldest brother's home. Suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the wilderness and hit the house on all sides. The house collapsed and all your children are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up tore his robe in grief, shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And all of this Job did not sin by blaming God. Can I read this again? That Job stood up, tore his robe in grief, shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I'll be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. As a matter uh, of perspective, I don't even know if that's the right word. I feel like I need to do a Google search on the meaning of perspective. But it's a matter of what's real to you. It's a matter of your sight, and is it a sight of faith? It's a matter of do you understand that naked, like to be Job, and bang, bang, all, everything I'd worked for, Satan fulfilled assignment. He took everything he could. He took everything he'd worked for, all his wealth. Job was left in poverty, and then his children were, were, were taken. 
Can you imagine the loss of your children and still being able to say, hey, God, I came naked into this earth. Naked, I'll return. I wasn't able to take that boat anyway, God. (laughs) I I, I, I wasn't able to take that wealth with me anyway. That that was a treasure that the world could kill. That was a treasure that could be stolen uh, from me. But it does hurt. Like like enduring the cross for Jesus would have hurt. There's some stuff people had to endure. It doesn't make sense. You know, the the, the first Peter talks about Satan. He's like a a roaring lion. Actually, I'm going to read the description. First Peter 5, 8 to 9 says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Picture him look for, looking for someone to devour but then stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Can I declare it over this church this morning? Be strong in your faith. Stand firm against him. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. We might not understand it at all, but we're receiving a father that is so unshakable. And I love the the perspective that Job had. And basically, the attack and the work of the enemy was null and void. He didn't curse God. He didn't turn away from God. I love the perspective of the people in Hebrews. They didn't curse God and turn away from God because everything was taken from them. What would that look like in your life and my life today if everything was taken from us? Are we standing on such a rock of foundation of faith where it's like, hey, you could take this from me, you could even kill me. You could, you, everything that I understand and work for could fall to the ground, but I could still say, naked I came into this world, naked I will return. Praise the name of the Lord. I know He's good. God's not the roaring lion seeking who He can devour. The, th- the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but God, Jesus has come to give life in all its fullness. He's good. But as we might not understand it all, but God is good. As my faith anchored in the goodness of God? Am I on a journey of discovery and being opened up to the goodness of God? You even turn over to Job chapter 2. And and so Satan asks to test Job again. And and this time he's not allowed to kill Job, but he's allowed to harm him physically. And he covers him with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. So Job has lost everything, lost his possessions, lost his family, his children. And now he's got boils from the top of the head to the soles of his feet. From verse 8, Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Are you still pressing? Are you still persevering? Are you still holding on? In your mind, you don't understand it, but are you still, there's a faith in you that says, God, I will never let go. I know that you're always good. I might not see a way through, but you can make a way where there seems to be no way. God, I know you're real. I know you exist. I know that you're not a God who just created the stars and the heavenlies, and then you hang back there. I know that you're God, just not of the eternal, waiting for when I enter into eternity, but you're the God of the present. You're here and now. You're all-knowing. You're faithful. And with you, Jesus, I can walk through anything. I can overcome any obstacle. I love Psalm 23. Even in the darkest valley, you'll be with me. You'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup 
cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is your faith real this morning? Is it strong? Is it being built up? Look, my world may be shaken, but I'm holding on to something that's eternal. There's eternal value. There's eternal substance. Like, like I said, like being honest and vulnerable with uh, you guys, um, it's amazing to, uh, for me, it's amazing to hear just the way that the prophetic was flowing this morning. Um, because like I've, like I've shared um, uh, about my testimony going for God, and like I just shared, you can have a perspective that you believe in God, but God is up in the sky in the heavenlies, you know, amongst the stars. You can have an awareness that there's eternity, but the here and now. In my zeal of saying, God, 17, 18, going into my 20s, I'll live for you. What I struggle with, I had so much zeal and I knew God was here, but it's kind of like he's Clarence distance away. Because in my zeal for God, I could only see myself in terms of works where I, I'd hear these scriptures that it's, hey, it's a gift of grace, but I so struggled to accept the love of the Lord for myself. I could only see, hey, God, I've let you down again. God, I haven't given you enough. God, I haven't poured my all into it. God, like, rah, I haven't read my Bible enough. You know, God, I've been so busy today, and I'm, ah, what am I, I just walked around with so much condemnation. Uh, the, the, this point comes into just tying what I was saying because we've we got a relationship with God that I love, undeserved kindness, right where I am. But it's a journey of discovery, and it's a word to not condemn anyone this morning. But it actually excites me because when I read the guys in Hebrews, they had that kind of perspective, a perspective of faith. And I go, man, I can live my life with that kind of faith. I have the opportunity, now that I have undeserved kindness, for this to be real. That the love of God would be real to me. That I can learn and grow in it. Um, I love that I look at Job and say, that, that's horrible. I don't want anyone to go through that. But God, if I was to go through it, I know that deep down in the core of my heart, I have such a faith that in the season is being built up and getting strong that I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to fall to the schemes of the devil. I'm not going to curse you. But I might not understand, but I'm going to hold on with faith. So what I did to make this real is, because again, it's a journey of discovery. I began to just read verses in my young days. And, and to be honest, I'm only getting the breakthrough. I've noticing a big shift over my life, even this last year or two. But I would read scriptures and reread them like Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. God saved you by his grace when you believe. Grace is undeserved kindness, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So what I'll do is I'll get into my room or find space and I'll read the Bible and I'll be saying, God, make this truth known to me. Uh, Jeremiah 23 says, your word is like a hammer that breaks the rock to pieces. These hard heart parts of my heart, God, I'm not willing to keep living with a perspective that's wrong and that's off. I want my perspective to be transformed and broken and renewed. 
So I know where I've got to go. I've got the word of God. I've got the word of life. So as a young man growing in the Lord, I've just opened the word and I'm, I'll read that scripture and say, make it new. Make, make, make it real to me, God. Make, make it alive to me, God. Your goodness, let your goodness, let such a reality of your goodness be truth to me, God. Break these hard places. That same verse in Jeremiah 23 says, is your word not like a fire? I put that fire in me, Ephesians 1, 4 to 5. This one blows me away. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us. Even before God created, God desired and willed, Revelation says, so that we might live. He desired, he willed it. It came from his heart. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Even before God made the world, he chose each one of us to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You read it and you got to say, God, I accept it. I let the walls come down. I accept it. I accept this truth. I embrace this truth. I embrace kingdom truth that, God, I'm looking forward to a day when I enter into eternity. There's going to be no more sorrow, death, or pain where God himself will wipe every tear. I accept that. I accept that that's my eternal prize. I accept that I don't have to earn it. This, this, is, this isn't a relationship of works to accept your favor and your goodness. I receive it. I've already got your favor. I've already got your goodness. You wanted me to have it even before you created the world. I receive it. This relationship right now is real to me. God, awaken me to this relationship. Let my mind be transformed. I want to know your truth. What I also do, and, and lately, like I said, I'm going after fire, is I'm making a change in my home. We're watching way less stuff we used to watch. I mean, I, I go, God, what's the greatest influence over my heart and my mind right now? I, like, I want to feed fire, so I'm going to listen to worship and praise. I'm going to make decisions to praise. When I get home and I'm struggling, I'm just going to go into that room and, and seek your peace and read scriptures on peace until I get it and then walk out with peace. I want, it to, I want breakthrough. I want there to be shift in my life. I want to be somebody like in the Hebrews that lives with faith. That can be said like Job, God. I praise you. Um, did I finish that at Job's response? I think I did, eh? Yeah. You guys doing good? <laughs> so, God, we thank you this morning for a real relationship with you. We thank you that you are alive and powerful. We thank you that your word is sharper than a double-edged sword. Dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. We thank you that your word is the inspired word of God, useful for teaching and correcting and, and training us for every good work. We thank you, Jesus, so much for grace this morning and that your grace is alive and real. I thank you that we can live in this world, but with the paradigm of kingdom, with the paradigm and the truth, Jesus, that you do love us and that, Father, you gave your only begotten Son for us so that whoever would call upon his name would be saved. I say thank you, God, this morning that it is a free gift of grace, not of works, so nobody can boast. I say thank you, God, that your love is in this room for everyone, like not 
not just the person beside me, but Lord, your favor is for me myself. I say thank you, God, for your goodness that you would love us before time. And Lord, you'll love us throughout all eternity. You are so good. And as we go through this life, God, we want to live lives with eyes fixed on you. Jesus, the one who initiates and perfects our faith. I love it. I'm so excited, God, that, that I, we, I don't look down on myself where I'm at now or think I've got a lack of knowledge. I actually look forward, glass half full. What can I discover today about you, Jesus? How can my faith blossom in you today? Holy Spirit, you are so near, Father. You aren't far away. You said it is good you go to the Father. You've given us your Holy Spirit to comfort, to be an advocate, to lead and guide us into all truth, spiritual truth, truth about you, Jesus. First Corinthians, you love to make the, take the mysteries of God's heart and make them known to us. I love today that we can stand here and say, make known your heart to us. Make known those things that would be mysteries to the world, but I want to know it. Lord, we want to be the people like the Hebrew and the Hebrews where, God, if we were to lose everything, We have a joy because it's deep. It's of faith. It's foundational. It's within us. Lord, let that joy overflow. I ask this morning, God, that every person in this place would be encouraged in you. God, we give over to you every burden, every worry, every sense of, as it were, trying or earning. But would you awaken right now, God, in this place, awaken fresh faith. 1 Corinthians 12, Holy Spirit, you've come to give gifts, and one of them is great faith. Holy Spirit, would you help us in our areas of unbelief? Lord, would you give us great faith? You know, the Bible just says, ask, you receive. One thing that I'm just feeling real stirred to do with the people that are with us right now is stir up that gift of prayer and begin to ask. You know what you want. You know what you need. And it's saying, hey, God, I need that fire. I need that breakthrough. If you, God, I need to know that grace. I need to know that love. I need to know that breakthrough, whatever it is. I need to know that help in that work situation. I need that, the, the wisdom of the Spirit, Lord, for what I'm facing. God, I need that breakthrough in my home and my family. I don't want my, the culture of my home to be the way it is. I want to see a shift as a father or as a mother. Show, show me how to steward the culture of my home so my life could be different. We, we, we open ourselves to ask for these prayers, these things that we desire. First John 5, you have what you ask for when you pray according to what pleases God. God, we want what you have. Just in this moment with every eye closed, there are things that just come to mind. Why don't you just offer them up to God right now? Ask. Ask for his help. We welcome your favor, God. We welcome your breakthrough. We welcome the ease of your yoke and your love. You're so good. Lord, more than anything, Lord, I just ask that this faith, our love for you, our joy and excitement would be so real to us and burn brighter than we walked in here this morning, God. In Jesus' name.